cinephiles. Hello, and welcome back to American Cinephiles Redux. I am one of your hosts, Kyle. We, I mean me and my co-host, says insert name. Are you saying I need to say my name here? Yes, I'm saying you need to say your name. My name is Nick. And uh, before, actually, before we continue on with this episode at all, I would like to open it really quickly. I know we didn't plan for this, but I would like to open it with a question. Okay, excellent. Let's do this. Who do you think screamed the loudest? The boy or the girl? You might have to give some context for that one. Okay, I'm sure, like so, literally nobody knows what no, that is. So, so I guess a little bit of, of like movie news to start. Um, Zack Snyder released the um, the deleted scene of Jared Leto and Ben Affleck with the "We live in a society" line that was missing from the the oh. colored <laughs> the colorized version of his movie. I would say it's more of like an extended, yeah. Because you could see where the special effects come in and out. Oh, like, did you notice that? Boy, it was, yeah, it was kind of cool. I like that. I like seeing the behind the curtain stuff every mm-hmm. once in a while. And and it lends more to um, their dynamic with like Harley's death and Robin's death too. Yeah, and, and that's that. again some great writing. I can't believe they didn't leave that in. I I was like I, the boy or the girl part. I was yeah. like, oh, that was uh, <laughs> that was awesome. Yeah. So Nick, uh, we took we took a week off, uh, which was well well needed after a very long podcast. I, I've 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 looked at some other uh, people uh, reviewing it, and they did it for a lot shorter. And I'm like, well. Ours is not as good. <laughs> no, ours is better. Fuck them. Ours is the Snyder Cut of reviews of the Snyder Cut. We go into every minute detail about the movie. If if Zack Snyder can have fucking 10% of the movie in slow motion, we can spend 10% of the podcast talking about Norwegian women singing on the shore. God yes, damn can. it. And I still have no idea what they have said. But I'm oh, sure you could look it up. Yeah. No, I'm not going to do that. Yeah. Uh, so let's get into it. Let's start off with some news. Uh, over the past, uh, basically, uh, I'd say two weeks, so uh, we have some Obi-Wan Kenobi cast news. If I open this. Oh, wow. Look at that. To be honest, you talk about that for 30 seconds. Yeah, I know, Jason. <laughs> Wait, that was uh, all, that's, as long as, uh, that's as long as we talked about it? For... I, I, for I'm gonna assume the Norwe the Norwegian women part. Maybe I felt like we talked about it for five minutes because that scene felt like an hour. Yeah. I don't know why I'm shitting on it all of a sudden. I fucking love the the Snyder cut, um, but yeah, that was a little that was a little long. Thirty mm-hmm. seconds to Mars. Good uh good uh pull there. Good 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 pull. Yes, because we did just talk about Jared Leto, and he even Jared Leto like put out a shirt that says "We live in a society." So you and can... he put out a tweet literally saying, "Release the Snyder cut." Yeah, he... or no, uh, uh, restore the Snyderverse. Yeah, restore the Snyderverse. <clears throat> and Joe, Sofia Vergara's husband. Yeah, from now on, he's Joe Mama Sofia Vergara. That works for me. Put out a tweet to restore the Snyderverse. So, and a lot of, there's been a lot of traction behind there, I'd say. Um, there's been 
lots and lots of tweets over the past how what how long ago has it been 18 three almost three weeks since this yeah. snyder cut came out yeah feels feels a lot it longer. feels it feels shorter to me it feels like it was like last weekend yeah i mean for us it kind of was anywho <laughs> <laughs> look staringly look longingly into each other uh but some obi-wan kenobi uh cast list news we have the full rundown of it with some returning people and some new names. Um, I'll go over it real quick. We have Hugh McGregor, Hayden Christensen, and Joel Edgerton returning as Obi-Wan Kenobi. Uh, Darth Vader slash Anakin Skywalker and Owen Lars. Um, Anakin Skywalker is not in this. Anakin Skywalker is dead. That's why I said Darth Vader first. There is only Vader. Yes. Anywho. Anywho. Uh, some and the new cast is Moses Ingram, Bonnie. I'm gonna butcher these names, and I'm so sorry about that. Uh, Bonnie Peace, Pace, um, Indira Varma, Rupert Friend, O'Shea Jackson Jr., Soon Kang, Simone Kessel, Benny Safti. And Kumal Nimjani, I, I butcher that name. I know for sure. But if Amon Kessel went on jogs every day, would you say that that person goes on Kessel runs? <laughs> That's yes. classic comedy right there. Yes. So real quick, is is Soon Kang? Is is that? Is he from Fast and the Furious? Yes. No shit. I believe so. That that's the Asian gentleman, right? Yes, I'm 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 looking it up real quick to be sure. I I have to. Nope. Yes. Yes, it is. Han. Han lives. Yeah. Han lives in oh, Star Wars now. Han. Wow, look at oh, that. Look at that. <clears throat> Can't wait for those fucking memes. Yeah. Well, I mean, he's gonna be those memes. Gonna have, what? I was Dumbledore. Oh God. Um, yeah, those memes are gonna be something I could tell you. But what what do you think of this cast? There's a lot of the, there's a lot of names on here that I don't recognize. There's a lot that I would never think I'd seen Star Wars before. But uh, yeah, what do you think? I don't know. I mean, <clears throat> I'm really excited for it. I think it's gonna be a great show. I mm-hmm. like none of this, and I'm looking at it right now too. Oh, excuse me. Um, obviously. Ewan McGregor, Hayden Christensen. I'm very excited to see. Um, Benny Safdie is actually one of the Safdie brothers. They directed Uncut Gems um, and they directed Good Time or Good Times. Okay. I think it's Good Time with um, Robert Pattinson. And he actually is in that movie as well uh, in Good Time slash Good Times. Uh, so I, I'm excited to see him again because <clears throat> he's a good actor and even better director. Obviously, Joel Edgerton, I'm excited to see back because mm-hmm. that makes me think we'll see like a young Luke. Um, the uh, Kumail Nanjiani, I'm excited to see because uh, I like his work a lot. I liked him a lot in Silicon Valley. Um, and he's done some stuff with Dan Harmon on his Harmontown podcast. 
So that's exciting to see a lot of, like you said, a lot of these other people, I don't know very well. Oshia Jackson Jr. I feel like I've seen, and I know the name. I just can't think of what right now. Sung Kang, um, not a Fast and the Furious fan by any means, but he's a, you know, he's a, he's a draw in that movie. He's, he's good at it. So he'll be interesting to see. Um, other than uh, that, I'm, Bonnie, I'm impartial. Bonnie Pierce is, um, was actually in episode two and three. She was, um, she played Baru and Baru. Yeah. So I'm figuring she's doing that again. She's playing yes. that same role. Yes, because this is set 10 years after uh, Revenge of the Sith and then yeah. nine years before A New Hope. And that's interesting because, and I don't know why this always happens with me, but like if you look at uh, Fantastic Beasts and where to find them, especially in the second one with uh, Jude um, Law playing Dumbledore, yeah. you're telling me that in seven years... He went from looking like Jude Law to looking like fucking what Dumbledore looks like. Like he did not age well, you know. No. Um, they those those line of movies do not. Uh, they don't have their timeline straight at all. Yeah, well, that's because obviously you know they wanted to keep building on it and stuff, and that's what Star Wars is doing. But Star Wars, I feel like, has done it better with the, like the Mandalorian. Mm-hmm. Um, I think this is going to be great. I don't think Ewan McGregor would touch this project if it wasn't of the utmost quality. Oh, no. And seeing just him and and actual Darth Vader fighting. Well, I shouldn't say they're going to fight. We don't know that. But at least seeing them interact again in some way is extremely exciting to me. So the cast, yeah, I I saw this when when it was announced. And I was like, all right, you know, it seems uh, pretty standard. Um, but other than the ones we already knew were coming back, there aren't really any where I'm like, fuck yeah. So like Bill Burr in the Mandalorian, when I heard about that, I was like, oh my God, that's Mm -hmm. awesome. And he was actually great in it. Um, but yeah, I don't really get that off of this list, but I still, I can't wait for it. Yeah. Do we have a release date on that? I know it starts filming this month. It starts filming this month, but I think 2022 is when they are looking to release it okay uh, i mean it was supposed to start um it was supposed to start in 2020 but you know the world ended so thanks obama well a little, bit. <laughs> a little bit so yeah we'll see i mean yeah. i'm i can't wait for it that's uh, out of anything star wars related right now i think even more than mandalorian season three i'm most excited for the obi-wan show so. yeah definitely because it's been it's been rumored for a very long time. Yeah. I'm, I'm glad to see it got the traction. Uh, I'm glad to see that it's a show and not a movie. Mm-hmm. And I, I remember people talking about it back when it was a rumor. Mm-hmm. And I would try to not listen to any of that. Cause I'd be like, I don't like, don't give me hope. <laughs> you know, like I was like, there's no way there's mm-hmm. no way. But then more and more of it kind of started. <clears throat> Um, you know, like that, that rumor kind of picked up traction and I was like, and I was like, you know, it'd be perfect for Disney plus. So I'm, I'm so glad it's happening. Yeah. Um, we, let's talk about the future of the Snyderverse. Uh, uh, we talked a little bit about it at the start of the show, but there, I mean, again, traction is being picked up by a lot of the fan community. 
Um, there's been thousands and thousands of tweets every day about restoring the Snyderverse. Yeah. Um, we we both want to see it continue either in um, HBO series or movies and just the continuation because the streaming numbers came out and there's been an uptick in HBO downloads and a lot of it was thanks to Zack Snyder's Justice League. But as it is right now, H or HBO, WB is passing on continuing it. But as you, as everyone says, never say never. It can always happen. Just as we saw with the Snyder Cut. I mean, there was a lot to talk about it not existing and never going to happen. And look what happened. We got it. Right. Uh, which leads us into something that is connected slightly to the overarching Snyderverse is James Gunn's The Suicide Squad, which was which dropped both a red and a green band trailer. Uh, now, for those that don't know what either of those are, red band trailers are usually rated R esque trailers they they're the dirty ones yeah they're they're the dirty they're the more oh it's uh naughtier not even naughtier. they'll they'll drop they'll, they'll say drop fuck in it. they'll trade fuck they'll show a lot more blood in it and then green band is what you see in theaters i'm pretty sure robert rodriguez's uh planet terror when he and tarantino did grindhouse the double feature mm-hmm. i'm pretty sure his trailer had a red band trailer that even had boobies in it boobies yeah so and yeah and with red band you'll get to see more there'll be more nudity and that's stuff that is uh more going to be shown online than definitely in theaters yeah so what did you think about both these trailers i i loved it i love I love King Shark. I love uh, Polka Dot Man. Polka Dot Guy. It's Polka Dot Man. Dave Smolchin, uh, who's been, is now everywhere in both Marvel and DC. Oh my God. Yeah. Now you can't <laughs> watch something without a minute. Yeah. <clears throat> Would have thought. He, he was on a, he was on a very, very long or very um, episode of Fat Man on Batman way long ago. I think when, ant-man came out he was on there yeah he plays a lot of like creepy like like right hand villains that Mm -hmm. you don't know the name of you know and they like barely say anything they can almost be credited as an extra because they don't have any lines yeah like that's what he used to like that's where i where i saw him from you know uh mostly before this so um yeah i thought i don't know um I thought the trailers, I, they were a little underwhelming to me. Okay. Um, I'm still super excited to see it. I, what I'm hoping it is, is they're leaving the best parts out of the trailer. So when mm-hmm. you're actually sitting down in the theater, you're like, holy shit, I was not expecting this. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> it didn't make me want to see it any less. It just didn't feel... Uh, it almost didn't feel like it was finished. Some of the CG I thought was not great. And again, that's not something I typically care about. I don't really care about it now. It's suicide squad. I'm not trying to see like a 
you know, like a, like a completely accurate depiction of like a solar system or something, you know, mm-hmm. um, some of the comedy I thought, I don't want to say it felt forced, but I was just like, what? Okay. Like when, um, what's the shark? Um, King shark. King shark. When he's like hand. Hand. And, yes. And that yeah, your that's hand. your hand. And like that whole part, I was just kind of like, all right, you know, mm-hmm. um, I, I feel like maybe they were trying to shift it tonally a little from David Ayer's Suicide Squad. And that might be why the trailer was a little awkward to me. Um, I think I like the second one a little more, even though that okay. was the Green Band one. Uh, I, f- I felt like it was paced a little better and it was edited a little better. Um, but it'll be cool to see Margot Robbie as Harley Quinn again. Um, Idris Elba in anything I'll watch. <laughs> And uh, John Cena honestly had some of the funniest parts in, especially in the second trailer where he's like, I can't remember what it was exactly, but he's like, I believe in peace and I'll kill every man, woman, and child until I get it. I was like, that's kind of, I funny. thought you were the crazy one. I yeah. Am. He's like, I am. Yeah. yeah so no, I, think- I, I am, I'm looking, I know everyone's going to make the joke. Uh, I can't see John Cena in it. Yes, you can. Um, <laughs> that's I, an looking- act he does. It's not real. Yeah, I'm looking for I'm looking forward to the Peacemaker show that's coming to HBO Max, which is we don't know if it's set before or after the Suicide Squad movie. So, yeah, and that's we'll, gonna be with John Cena. That's gonna be with John Cena and uh, James Gunn. Yeah, he wrote all all the episodes. I think he's even directing all the episodes too for that one. This is news to me. I did not know that. Yeah, surprise. Surprise. that's exciting i'll watch that hell yeah 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 i'm i'm looking forward to both this you don't have you you do not have had to have seen david ayer's suicide squad to watch the suicide squad but you should you still should see it because i agree with um dj clark 21 here i will forever love leto even when he's over the top and weird i'm like at least he's, he's kind of like nicholas cage but a little more refined Mm-hmm. like it's like even if he's like hamming it up he's still like so interesting to watch so go watch david ayer's suicide squad just to get even if it's like the weirdest most bizarre and unnecessary take of the joker it's still fascinating to watch and i actually i don't hate that joker but don't tell no. anyone i don't want to get beat up i was gonna say oh yeah jared leto and nicholas cage should be in a movie and then i remembered lord of war they were they played fucking brothers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, that's a movie I haven't watched. One of them got all the looks, and the other one was got Jared it. Leto. Uh, <laughs> so uh, yeah. Perfect. Well, I don't know. What did you think? Are you did it like psych you up? It, it psyched me up because I because the only thing that we've gotten from it was from DC fandom back in August. Mm-hmm. And that was just a oh, this this is who is gonna be everyone in the cast so we got a little bit a little bit of a little bit of taste of that yeah and i remember that, laughing at that because they're like and you'll see the official title yeah. and i was like cool is it cool. suicide it's, it's squad the yeah. the suicide squad and just like i think even marvel it was either marvel added it or dc added it when one of them did it but it was first going to be just eternals and then they changed it to the Eternals, and then, and now it's the eternally changing name of the Eternals. Yes, with the Eternals featuring the Suicide Squad. So let me ask you a question about 
those trailers. Yeah. As I want your twig. I want your opinion. Okay, which is what we're here. We for. we both know that Nathan Fillion and Pete Davidson have roles. Yes. Oh, they're they're not going to live for. Long. I think. Yeah. I you see Pete Davidson here and there. I believe in the Red Band trailer. Never. You don't even hear him say a line in the trailer, mm-hmm. but you just see him. Nathan Fillion. I think you see briefly once in the second trailer. You see him at least twice. He's sipping a he's he's sipping a Mister Pib. And then you see his arms come off his body. Um, yeah, they're okay. They're there's a reason why they're called the Suicide Squad. Yeah, that's so. That's what I was gonna ask. Is do you think kind of like uh, what was his name? Um, Slipknot. Slip. Yeah. God. Was like died right away in David Ayer's Suicide Squad. Do you kind of think that those two are gonna be the first on the block? I don't. I don't think they're gonna be the exploding bomb in the head ones to go i think they're going to be the fodder to go when they go up against i think i think they're going to be in corto maltese which is a dc um dc city so okay it, it's kind of like cuba i mean you got that feel from the red band also starro which is well, the justice league's first enemy that they fought so <laughs> well and i i really like that kind of cube-esque vibe mm-hmm. uh it felt like it felt like we're gonna get like a suicide squad apocalypse now a team kind of but like really wacky oh yeah definitely we like the magnificent so, seven kind of yeah so i'm i'm really looking forward to that i think it'll be fun uh it's just that honestly like you know and, and to me it doesn't mean anything it doesn't make me less excited but the trailers i was like yeah they're fine mm-hmm. um i think it's because we've been spoiled by some really good uh dc trailers i want to say even the batman v superman trailer was great from what i remember i think that really psyched me up but uh specifically the batman trailer you know like you watch that and then any other dc trailer you could give me one for like man of steel 2 tomorrow and i'd be like that's pretty cool but Mm -hmm. that batman trailer you know so i think that's Batman the the animated version of the batman trailer which is like a motion comic yeah, that was that cool. One. Someone, somebody like basically uh, animated the entire, like, you know, basically animated over the trailer and it gave it a very cool motion comic vibe. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, Nick, how, how familiar are you with the Knives Out movie by Ryan Johnson? I've seen it. I enjoyed it very much. Um, great cast. Anna de Armas is my second wife. Oh, okay. And well, Daniel. And, and you haven't introduced me? No. Okay. She's mine. She stays in the closet on a chain to the radiator. Um, Daniel Craig. That's a that's a pull from a movie I've never seen, but I know. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, in that Black Snake Moan, she was uh, just on a radiator, not in a closet. But okay. Um, Daniel Craig, I love. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, Lakeith Stanfield, who I think I brought up a few episodes back. He's one of the detectives. He's uh, phenomenal in that. So yeah, I'm a fan. How about you? I, yeah, I, I went into that movie. I actually never got to see it in theaters. I only, uh, I got it for my birthday last year. Uh, Watched it, was very pleased with the outcome and everything. Mm. Uh, um, I bring this up because Netflix has acquired the rights to both Knives Out 2 and 3. For $400 million 
dollars. I could do a lot of things with four million dollars. Four hundred? Yeah. Four hundred. Four hundred. Almost half a billion dollars. Jeez. For two movies that aren't even set up as a franchise yet. Yeah. Uh, luck, luckily, I don't think it's going to be. It's it's going to feature um, Daniel Craig's uh, Detective LeBlanc, right? Yeah. So there'll be there'll be continuity with that, but it won't be like continuity like, oh, who else can we kill in this family? Now here's what irritates me a little. I do love. Or I shouldn't say I love it. I I enjoyed the first Knives Out. And I see what they're doing. It's almost like uh, Hercule Poirot, the Agatha Christie character, you know, who has like his series of movies or books. And they're doing that with Daniel Craig, which is a very old school sort of like he's going to be solving mysteries here and here. You know, that's awesome. Why the fuck hasn't Netflix called Shane Black and said, hey, we want to do a two movie deal or three or four or six for the nice guys? Yeah. Would you I, not want to watch Ryan Gosling and Russell Crowe, like almost like a modern day Abbott and Costello solving cases together? Like they I they would. had such good chemistry. I definitely would. That that was a that was a great movie and set around Christmas again. Mm-hmm. So, yep. Yeah, I would definitely have that. But I I'm I'm interested to see where they go with this on Netflix. Uh, yeah. Uh, Nick, tell us about the head HBO miniseries. Yes. Yeah, so I stumbled on the show. I've got a thing for especially shows or movies that are set in one location. Uh, the thing is one of my all time favorite movies. Um, uh, Apollo 13, I guess you could say is almost set in one location. Uh, uh, Hateful eight, you know, stuff like that. And Nicole and I, my wife, we decided to give this miniseries a try. I found it. I found a trailer for it, and it, it's basically a murder mystery set at an Antarctic ice base. So at the end of every summer season, most of the scientists, and this is true, this is like how things are run on, on these bases. Um, most of the scientists, most of the personnel on these um, Arctic bases, they leave. And uh, like, there's like a night shift that's left behind for six months, like, uh, you know, anywhere from 10 to 15 uh, scientists, you know, like a cook, uh, you know, like maintenance people. And they stay there to maintain the, the base and continue to do research until the end of the winter season when the, you know, the, the next summer team comes in or the summer team comes back. Uh, one of the reasons they do this is because you basically get like six months of daylight in the summer months. And then it's six months of night in the night months. So the, this story is basically the summer team leaves, um, which is led by the husband of a scientist who stays on the night shift. She wants to continue her research and she tells her husband before he leaves, gets on the helicopter, like, hey, when when uh, when when you come back, we're going to make babies and I love you, you know, and they're all in love and everything. And you find out that near the end of the six months of. You know, just the night shift being there, something happens where they lose all communication. And when the summer team gets back, they find a survivor there they find one person 
everyone else is gone. There's bullet holes, there's blood. And then they find a second survivor and the entire series, I think it's six episodes is basically flashbacks from the survivors telling the team that came back, you know, explaining to them what happened. This, uh, this guy who left his wife there, he's kind of the one spearheading this investigation. Um, and there's tons of twists and turns and it feels very much like the thing in that it's on an Arctic base and you can't trust anybody because during these flashbacks, you see no one trusting each other because they know that one of them is the killer. People are, you know, getting picked off one by one. So they know it's one of the 10 of them. Um, and throughout the show or the series, you get more motivations on people. And then you start thinking, oh, fuck, it's this person for sure. Nope, never mind. It's this one. Nope, it's this one. Oh, well, this one just got killed. So it's got to be this, you know. Um, so if you're ever like looking, if you have like a long weekend or you're looking for something to watch, uh, The Head, very good murder mystery HBO show set in the Arctic and it's only six episodes. You can get through it in a weekend. Very easy. I think Nicole and I, we watched three episodes one day and then we watched the next three, the next we were done in two nights. So excellent. I good stuff. Add that to my list. You better. Another thing I'm going to add to my list is mm-hmm. I'm very sad about this. And I know I'm going to get grief for this is the uh, Amazon prime series invincible. Uh, I know it is by Robert Kirkman. Uh, same person who has done, um the walking dead uh this is an animated superhero show and that is all i know (laughs) Uh, i'm i'm looking i'm i know there's four episodes out you've watched the first three there's a yeah one came out today i have not watched that one yet we're probably gonna watch that tomorrow yeah so i'm i'm very interested in that Uh, um it feels a lot like the watchmen meets justice league meets the Avengers, but all very adult. Um, during the first episode, I was kind of in and out of it for the first half hour where I was like, all right, yeah, this seems interesting. You know, I was like, this is interesting, but it's not like grabbing me. Mm-hmm. The last half hour or the last 20 minutes of the first episode, when the credits rolled, Nicole and I looked at each other and we were in shock. And we talked about it the next day too even though we had already watched the another episode like right after that one we oh. still talked about the end of that first episode because we were like jesus christ we did not see that and it's not like a twist well it is but it's not just the twist but it's also the you have to watch it if if anyone here has not watched it watch it as soon as you can it is an amazing show. It's funny. It's got a great story and it's got a really, really good cast. So I think check I it will, out. I will watch it after, after this. Do it. And the movie, that, and one more topic before we get, one more thing before we get to the mean potatoes of our uh, podcast tonight is the movie that is I'm not breaking records, but having the best box office um box office time right now is godzilla versus kong i'm sorry what was that let them fight let them fight now uh we i haven't watched it yet nick you haven't either no excellent tomorrow both of us are actually going to be watching this uh this is going to be the first time in god almost basically a year since we have been in the same room together yeah together um over a year i'd say yeah over a year at this point yeah 
Uh, wow. So yeah, we're going to be watching that and look for our review on the next episode, which now, will be coming out on Monday. Now, before we get into the meat and potatoes that you just talked about, um, I go for some meat and potatoes. I I want to ask you, who's your money on? Uh, the director did say there is going to be a clear winner. Yep. Um. So, I mean, every. All the trailers are pointing pointing toward Kong, but I Godzilla is going to be the one that's going to be left standing. That's what I'm hoping. Um, I have a buddy at work. We got in this debate today, and he's saying it's going to be Kong because Kong is like the monster of the people. Mm-hmm. And I was like, yeah, but Godzilla kind of is too, you know. Godzilla, and well, they're like, both alphas. Yeah. So, but I mean, I mean, he's saying like Kong connects to the audience more. Kong connects to like the human characters more, which I think is true. Mm-hmm. Um, that said, fuck that. I want Godzilla to win. <laughs> and can I bring up another topic to that kind of goes hand in hand with this one? Yeah. How do you feel about the 1999 or 98 hit film Godzilla starring Matthew Broderick? Well, okay. So back in the day that's all i knew about godzilla mm-hmm. um looking back on it now growing through age it is not a great movie it i still love it it's horrible it is it's, horrible it's, it's, it's hor- do i own it yes um but it is it is not a good movie uh it did spawn a children's cartoon which was set after the movie and that is what I am here to talk to you about today. Excellent. Um, did you know? I'm sorry, were you going to say something? No, go ahead. No, oh. go ahead. Did you know that a lot of what you see in that cartoon, which is great, that's a really good animated series, mm-hmm. but a lot of that was scrapped ideas for Godzilla 2. And the treatment for Godzilla 2 honestly could have been pretty good from the sounds of it. It's basically, um, and now I, this from a video I watched, I was working while I watched it. So this is gonna be a very high level version of that video. Um, I rec, I encourage everyone to go, uh, look up Godzilla two. uh, canceled on YouTube. You should be able to find it <clears throat> essentially Nick and Aubrey. Or is it Audrey? I feel like it's Aubrey with a B. I think it's Cause, Aubrey. Yeah, because I always remember being like, why isn't it just Audrey? That's a much more like normal name, but whatever. Uh, they're getting married. And right as they're getting married, like, you know, some big special forces guy, they, they pull Nick. Oh, no, I'm sorry. He gets into the he gets into the uh, limo as they're walking out of the, um, the, the church. And as Aubrey is waving, you know, to everyone that came to the wedding, like, thank you again. The door suddenly shuts, so she's outside and, and Nick is inside. The doors all lock, and the driver turns around, and it's the French guy from the first one, who, if mm-hmm. you remember, he did the same thing to him in a taxi. It turns out that some of the Godzilla eggs survived. Um, he goes and he finds one, and everyone, you know, the government's basically trying to destroy all these eggs. Nick saves one that's hatching. So this baby Godzilla has imprinted onto Nick now. 
Nick gets him to the harbor and basically like, he's like, get out of here. You got to go. Like they're going to kill you. And he, you know, the baby doesn't get it. So Nick starts yelling at it, like, get out, you know, like that sad fucking thing you see in every movie. It throws rocks at it to get it to leave. And then it finally leaves. Then it's like a year later. Um, Nick, like I've, apparently his marriage to Aubrey is ruined for whatever reason. I don't know why. But now it's basically um, they start investigating like it seems like a new Godzilla is around. So they start investigating it and it's the Godzilla that he let go. And you see that now he's imprinted on Nick still, you know, he roars because he's happy to see him and stuff. And it's basically like Godzilla versus these giant hornets, which were a part of the show. And it, I, again, I can't do it justice because I just thought of this while we were talking about Godzilla versus Kong. So everyone should go watch the video. It's actually like, it could have been really good. I'm kind of surprised they didn't make it. And I think that would have turned a lot of people around on the first movie. I think, I think they would have liked the second one a lot more. Um, but yeah, this is a really, really interesting story. So I encourage everyone to check it out. Yeah. I actually did, uh, watch slash listen to that one and it the direction that it was going was very interesting i i would have i would have watched that sequel for sure i would have watched it yeah so if you can find it on youtube listen listen watch it it's it's probably about 20 minutes but it goes through basically the whole plot of godzilla 2 the yeah sequel to the 1998 Godzilla. <sighs> All right. So the meat and potatoes, which sounds delicious right now of our show tonight is our top five movies that we, w- that we can watch over and over again and not feel bad about it. Um, Nick, I want you to go first. Tell me in no, in no particular order. Go. Well, I kind of want you to go first because All I right. feel like your first one here is cheating. Is cheating? <laughs> I, I couldn't. I couldn't find. Got to pick will, one. I will and pick it should one. be. It should be pretty easy. It should be, but because it's, it's the same one I would pick. But it's going to be, and you're going to. <laughs> if you, <laughs> yep, I knew it. <laughs> okay, so. <laughs> Nicole's probably like, oh, he's mad about something. He's slamming things. <laughs> oh, Jesus, there's a fire. Oh, God. <laughs> no. Um, I I mean, honestly, the one that I watch over and over again with Star Wars uh, is A New Hope. And it's just because it is the beginning. I like how of- you're writing it in our notes right now, even though you just said it. So you don't need to have it in the notes. This It's fine. This movie... Oh my God. I can. <laughs> um, no, I mean, I this it's it's the one that starts it all, and I, it's a lot of good just characters and everything with it, and I can almost quote it from start to finish. Yeah. Oh, so for I, sure. I love it. Yeah. And now, now I'm not gonna, I'm not this one that I'm gonna say is not a part of the top five that we put together. Um, but I could easily put this on my top five. Mine would be Empire Strikes Empire, Back. Yeah, yeah. I, I think that's the first Star Wars movie I ever saw. Um, so I was confused about the continent continuity because mm-hmm. then I for a while I was confused why my dad was telling me A New Hope comes before 
uh, Empire Strikes Back. I was like, that doesn't make sense. I saw Empire Strikes Back first and, you know, the universe revolves around me. So, um, but that very much the same way. I feel like both A New Hope and uh, uh, Empire, I can almost recite verbatim. Um, so, but I, I agree with yours too. You know, I would say Empire, but New Hope is kind of where it all began. That's the one where it's like you, I could tell you scene for scene for sure what happens, you know, oh, yeah. you can, not a lot of people can do that with movies. Um, but at that one, I think I could. Yeah. And now, now on to yours, Nick. Okay. Uh, well, my first one uh, would be Titanic. Oh, I wonder why. A lot of people want to make fun of me. I actually have a shrine. You can't really see it. Oh, and I forgot it's delayed. Um, but oh, I have I a shrine up there, that VHS, that double VHS Kyle actually gave me. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I have a board game up there. I have a cell from the movie from our friends, Ben and Rachel. The only, well, a few of the, a couple of the only Funko Pops I own are Jack and Rose. Um, and then I've got some books up there, some of my DVDs and stuff. Um, I, I think Titanic, uh, it was very much kind of like, you know, when our parents would talk about how they remember seeing um, Star Wars in theaters for the first time. I remember seeing Titanic in theaters. I remember being fascinated with this huge ship with that's just out in the middle of the ocean. The the cinematography, like I, I literally, it's going to sound weird, but it made me sick to my stomach. I, I remember clearly having to go to church. My grandma took me to see it in theaters. Also, the first boobies I ever saw, Titanic. Oh, well, um, you never my grandma first. Nope, uh, Kate Winslet. My grandma took me to see it in theaters. And after that movie, I had like a stress stomach ache the rest of the day. I remember having to go to church with my parents. They didn't believe me when I said like, I can't like my stomach hurts so bad, but they still made me go. Um, I, I think it's also one of the last classic movies. One of, you know, there aren't many made like that anymore where like I'm the king of the world is a line that is so ingrained in our culture now. And movies like that are becoming, you know, more and more rare. I think. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I honestly, it, it got me. Um, <clears throat> you know, I'm huge into nautical stuff now. I'm, I'm trying to get my, my scuba diving license at some point here, if COVID ever goes away. Um, and I think all of it is due to um, seeing Titanic for the first time. So, yeah. Now, what's your next one, Kyle? Uh, there's going to be a theme. Uh, going on in this in this list, then I want you to see if you can figure it out. I just did. Yeah, I figured you did. Kiss, kiss, bang, bang. Uh, Shane Black, Robert Downey Jr., Val Kilmer, and I forget the female's actress name. I I do apologize. Uh, that wasn't Carrie. No, no. I know who you're talking about. I can't remember her name right now yeah, either. Yeah, it's. It's a story that you'd think wouldn't be good, but it's, but it is <laughs> yeah. uh, a non-detective, but detective noir film <laughs> about a thief turned actor turned detective trying to solve his elementary school crush uh, crap my train of thought just went um, elementary school crush uh, 
job riddle i my mind went blank it's mystery mystery that's it that's the name of it the mystery I'll, of what the the mystery of um not, not her father that is the mystery of her employer and what he means to to her basically you know for someone who says you can watch this over and over and over again that was not a great description kyle well you know what it's been a long day nick that's fine uh yeah that <laughs> that is my second favorite robert downey jr role i would say I, and and val kilmer just plays a fantastic gay person yeah val kilmer is amazing in that that's <laughs> that might be my favorite val kilmer role honestly so. there's only i haven't i've only seen him in like three films honestly oh, dude and one of them being batman forever tombstone heart of darkness uh, the doors those. haven't seen that one bad lieutenant port of call new orleans with nicholas cage no i haven't ah christ <laughs> i i don't I mean, know i'm making i'm making this podcast even worse for myself <laughs> you and me are done professionally that was a christian bale reference terminator salvation um <laughs> it was from his freak out yeah that's a that is a great movie i love yeah, that no, one. i it's just it's just weird and good and I quote one of the lines from it every once in a while and no one gets it because it's an obscure quote. Which one? Captain fucking magic. <laughs> um, I do remember that. I, the, I actually watched it right after watching uh, Nice Guys. I had never seen Kiss Kiss Bang Bang until about a year ago when I watched Nice Guys. Um, Cause I loved it so much. I was like, well, everyone is saying that this is like one of his best. And I, yeah, I thought it was great. Really good movie. Isn't Sam Rockwell in it also? No, Sam Rockwell is not in it. No, I'm thinking seven psychopaths. Yeah. That's seven psychopaths. That's yeah. a really good movie too. All right. Should I go to my next one? Yes. Also. Hi mama. Oh, I was like, what the fuck? Yeah, um, chat. This is a, this one is like, I feel like it's on everyone's list. I almost got rid of it just because it's like really shouldn't be on anyone's list uh, just because it's so obvious. Uh, Shawshank Redemption. Um, I could, I used to, uh, I, I do enjoy sometimes putting a movie on while I'm working just to have something on in the background. Uh, mm-hmm. It helps me concentrate a little. I can't put on Shawshank Redemption, even though I've watched it a million times. I, I can't concentrate on things when i put it on i stop what i'm doing and i just get sucked into it every single time and i don't know if i've ever put that movie on and not finished it and you know it's like a three-hour movie uh with a lot of movies i'll start watching it you know maybe halfway through i'll be like all right i've seen enough or i've seen all the good parts i the minute it's on that's it if i if it's uh you know if i'm at a family event and my grandma typically has a tv on someone will be surfing the channels if it's on tnt i'm like you better fucking put that remote down right now and I'll watch it to the end. Um, it is, I mean, Stephen King is my favorite author of all time. Um, I, the writing, you know, get busy living or get busy dying. Um, what is the, and the, the guard in it, like he, he has Clancy a, a line, Brown, isn't it? No, that's green mile. No, no, that's him. Clancy. No, Brown. That's him? Okay. Yep. I was um, right. <laughs> you eat when we say you eat you shit no you piss when we say you piss and you shit when we say you piss got that you make a dick motherfucker i love that 
I like I like I I've used that like I, what is a maggot dick? I guess maggots because they're so small. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Now that I now that I'm talking through it, but I use that sometimes. You know, like if I'm in traffic, someone cuts me off. I'm like, oh, you maggot dick motherfucker! Like that's it's because of Shawshank Redemption. It's that beautiful uh, Stephen King language. Yeah. So. Uh, absolutely one of the best movies of all time one of the most hopeful movies of all time one of the best buddy movies of all time absolutely hands down perfect well speaking of another buddy movie uh my next one is uh sherlock holmes the guy Ritchie, robert downey jr one i went into this film for the first time not really knowing a lot about victorian uh sherlock holmes at this point, I'd only watched the Benedict Cumberbatch Sherlock. So I didn't really know much about his character. But after I watched this film, I was in love with this. I got it when it came out on Blu-ray, watched it constantly, and looked into more of what Sherlock, who Sherlock was and what he did and everything. And Jude Law and Robert Downey Jr. are... A fantastic match in there. You also got Rachel McAdams and oh, she played Sinestro. Crap. I always do this. Mark Strong. Mark Strong. Thank you. Mark Strong. He, um, he was a good he, he likes to play those good villains. Before I respond to you, Kyle, Mr. Pink, no one ever looks at a man's shoes. Very good poll there. Mm. Uh, I nice I get stressed every time I watch that part because I'm like, you must be shitting yourself when you're wearing the warden's shoes. But I digress. I have owned two copies of Robert Downey Jr. or Guy Ritchie's Sherlock Holmes. Really? I've never finished it. I sold the first one. I bought it again. I was like, I'm going to finish it this time. Never did. I don't know. I I think it's because I went into it loving Sherlock Holmes. I've read most of the of the stories and the books. And I and it's not even that I was like, this is not Sherlock Holmes. This is not who he was. It just it felt too modern it felt too big studio to me and i don't want to say that in a pretentious way like and i don't think it was bad a lot of the stuff in it i really enjoyed and i liked what they did with it it just wasn't i guess when i watch sherlock holmes stuff i'm used to like the old serialized like hour-long things Mm -hmm. that you know were like in black and white and that felt very sherlock holmes to me and maybe i just have that in my head too much and i felt like they were trying to give this sherlock holmes to a wider audience which i feel like they did um, and I think, uh, Robert Downey Jr. is great in it. Uh, Jude Law is great as Watson. Mm-hmm. Um, so I can't complain about any of that. It's just that when I watched it, I'm focusing more on the CG backgrounds and stuff and not really the story, I guess. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I, I do want to give it a try one day. I want to get through it all and then maybe watch the sequel one day, but, um, well, lucky for you. I just upgraded both of them to 4k 4k. Okay. Might have to borrow them sometime. See if Hell I can yeah. finally just get through them. So do it. I would. All right. Are we on Mr. Nick again? You are on Mr. Nick. All right. Uh, so my next one is Das Boot. Ah, das Boot. The director's cut. This is a Wolfgang Peterson movie. Uh, he's made some of my favorite movies of all time. Uh, Perfect Storm. Uh, again, a little bit of a nautical theme here. Uh, all probably because of Titanic, but. Uh, Perfect Storm he did, uh, Never Ending Story. Um, Never Ending Story. So Das Boot is a four-hour movie, if you're watching the director's cut, which is the one you should watch. 
and it feels it's very much like Snyder Cut except better in editing. Um, it feels like a two-hour movie, and it is intense. Um, you're literally watching a German U-boat, so you're, I guess, technically German U-boat sailors were not Nazis. Like there were German soldiers, and then there were Nazis. I never knew that. Have you ever heard anything like that? No, I, I, I haven't. Thought I've heard that, um, and I could be wrong. But it, this movie takes place kind of near the end of World War II. They know that they're going to lose. You know, they know it's kind of a lost cause, but they got to keep, you know, doing their thing. And it's basically about a journalist who gets on a U-boat with a crew. And it's their their voyage, essentially, from port to port, you know. Um, and it's got some of the most intense scenes, um, especially in a submarine ever, you know, when they're going to depths, you know almost twice as low as they should be going and you're listening to the the rivets creaking and 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 you're watching these men just like literally at any second this could implode you know um navigating minefields uh that that british destroyers have left behind it it is such an intense movie and you as you're watching it you start to differentiate every single character from each other which is hard to do in a foreign movie where the cast pretty much all looks the same you know like mm -hmm. white kind of buff german guys um it is i you know i started watching it one day on like a saturday morning <clears throat> i i wasn't feeling good so i was like maybe i'll take a nap and then you know whatever part i i fall asleep at um i'll just pick it back up again when i wake up i was thinking maybe i'd make it halfway through i watched the entire thing um, and then I watched it again right after with the uh, director's commentary and I watch it probably once every other month uh, or I'll have it on while I'm working. Um, it is a great, great movie. I'd heard about it for years and then I found a steelbook copy at Half Price Books. So it's one of my prized Blu-rays. And maybe if we do that, uh, you know, that Blu-ray corner or whatever, um, I'll show that one one day. Uh, but it's one of my favorite uh, steelbooks that I own. Excellent. Um, going on to my next one. I don't have a good segue. I did, and then I forgot it. But my next one. That's all right, because I just realized that my our, segue after yours is perfect. Yes, it is, and I so, thought of that too. And it's in, and it's in the, it's in the great spot right there. Yeah. Um. 1993's Steven Spielberg directed based off the book by michael crichton lost world jurassic park no i'm kidding it's just jurassic park now that's the one with optimus prime that's the one right? with optimus prime okay um darth vader indiana jones they're all in it they're all in it they're all at a park they're all on display for everyone iron man iron man um, right. iron maiden yeah the band they're Black in it. sabbath yeah it's also a musical yeah 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 and you'll never guess but steven spielberg can sing he wow. even makes a cameo no no it it's just it's just jurassic park uh it's it's the movie i watched for the very first time when my parents uh, taped it on a vhs when it was on tv i got it on vhs i upgraded to dvd i upgraded to blu-ray i upgraded to 4k I Same. constantly watch this film. It's 
it's one of those it's it, it's one of those films that pioneered cgi um and animatronics I'd to say. this day even almost yeah. unparalleled yeah and it's um, i i will say it's an almost perfect film but there are some some very small things that you look back at and be like oh they could have done this better but it's very 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 minute yeah i think you said you weren't a fan of like the woman empowerment and stuff like that, that. i did not say at all <laughs> that i did not say at all i'm kidding don't cancel us disney um, uh <laughs> i would i would like to think there were there should be some more poc people in in prominent roles but uh that's a good point especially in jurassic park other than lost world yeah other than hmm. yeah actually yeah think of it oof i um great now you're gonna cancel jurassic park thanks nick <laughs> I remember um, <laughs> when my when my dad and stepmom got married, I actually had the flu or I had one of my stomach things. I was like uh, three or four at the time, mm-hmm. four. And I got really sick during the wedding and they had to take me to my mom's house, my mom and my stepdad. And my stepdad went out to Blockbuster and he rented it um, on VHS, of course. And I remember... I, I, I was four years old, but I remember vividly lying on a blanket on the floor in front of the TV and they put it on and it was like, I wasn't sick. You know, and I had been throwing up like every five minutes. Mm-hmm. I threw up all over my rented tux. I threw up in the limo. I threw oh. over and over. And you know, you know about this, Kyle. Like yeah, I get yeah. sometimes like in the morning, I'll get it and it'll be all day until 10 o'clock at night. Nothing, well, almost nothing can help. But I do remember watching Jurassic Park and that was it. I wasn't sick. I was in awe. I thought they were real dinosaurs. You know, like how, how, how do you, you can't do that. That those had to be real dinosaurs, you know? Um, so very good choice. And I will say, have you ever read the book, Kyle? I am on and off reading the book. I am to the T-Rex from last I okay. remember. The book, and this is nothing against the movie. It is one of the most crowning achievements in cinema history i'd say honestly Mm -hmm. the book is even better yes the the book is in my list of like books i can reread over and over and over again and i really don't have many books i can reread more than like three or four times i don't have many books to read here in my apartment i have more graphic novels than books but jurassic park lost world and i have mash I have Lost World on my shelf over there. Not nearly as good. Don't read that one. Just read Jurassic Park. No, I, I, I do want to read Lost World. I do I do want to read both of them. Do you know about some of the differences between the book and the movie, though? I do. I do. Do you know about certain people that die in the book that don't die in the movie? Yes. And do you know that they come back in the second book just because Michael Crichton wanted to make another movie, so he wrote another book, and there's uh, no reason to? I didn't know that. I guess we'll talk later about that. Yeah, main character of Lost World is one who dies in... Well, it doesn't... I mean, it's not like it's a spoiler. book came out fucking 32 years ago. Um, Ian Malcolm dies in the book. What? You didn't know that? He dies in the Jurassic Park... Oh, shit. Spoiler. No, I was... I was... I was thinking about Hammond. I know Hammond dies by the compies. No, Ian... Ian does too. And then he's... Like literally, like it's pretty, it's on the page. Cause I remember when I started reading Lost World, I was like, how the fuck are they going to rectify this now? Like, who's the main character? And I started reading, I'm like, Ian Malcolm is the, so I went back to the book and I'm like, it says here, like, it's pretty obvious 
And the, he, Michael Crichton just literally, he was like, oh yeah. And then they rushed him to a hospital. I'm like, but he got stomped and eaten. Like you can't rush him to the hospital. Like it's clear when you read it what that he's dead. Hell? Yeah. No. So yeah. No, Ian Malcolm, but, no. But the book is still like, that's why I'm saying the first one's amazing. The second one is actually pretty good. Mm-hmm. Nowhere near as good as the first. And I can't get over the fact that I'm reading basically a, a pitch to the studios. That's essentially what it is, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, if you're, if you're going to go through the first one, then you might as well do the second Finish also. Yeah. yeah. Which also your parents were, are weird for giving you Jurassic Park at, at four years old. I think they, they thought. But then again, would, so are mine. But I think they thought that like he'll just watch the dinosaur parts and maybe he'll stop puking all over the place. But I, I remember mean, being like, because... holy fuck. Yeah, because hey, dinosaur eating a man is not going to make anyone puke. Yeah, that'll that'll keep the stomach down. Yeah. Um. So, and that's funny that that was your fourth because mine on my list is Jaws, mm-hmm. also directed by Steven Spielberg, and also a monster movie. Yes. Um. I my my grandma was one of my biggest influences when it comes to watching movies. Um. Most of the tastes I have probably. Uh, definitely come from her actually my dad's mom and my mom's mom they both did it my mom's mom got me in more into like abbott and costello um more black and white you know bob hope things like that and my dad's mom got me into things like alien uh and jaws and i remember the first time watching jaws um, I had to take a bath after, and I was genuinely concerned that a shark could swim up through the drain because drains have to drain out to the ocean. Right. Yeah. That was my yeah. logic at like six years old, seven. That's how old I was. My, some people in my family let me watch movies way before I should have. I've watched Terminator two when I was like four, I think so. Um, but Jaws was the first movie that genuinely scared the shit out of me when Ben Gardner's face comes into that hole of the boat, when Hooper's, you know, diving, trying to get the, the tooth out of the boat. Um, the fact that you never see the shark when I was six years old, that should be something that makes it boring. Like this, this giant enemy, this giant monster, and you don't see it until really the last quarter of the movie. Um, and it never mattered because the direct, it is, one of the closest movies I can think of to being perfect. I would say Jaws and 2001 A Space Odyssey are the two nearest perfect movies I've ever seen. And Jaws um, had more going for it in that the writing is phenomenal. Um, The acting is phenomenal. Roy Scheider, um, um, Richard Dreyfuss in my favorite of his roles, uh, Elaine Gary, I can't, I can't remember the woman's name now. Um, but it's, it's another one of those movies that's two hours long and it's so tightly paced that it feels like a 45 minute movie. Yeah. And all of a sudden you're on Quinn's boat, the orca near the end. You're like, Oh shit. Wow. I'm, I'm going through this fast. You were talking about all the uh, different copies of Jurassic Park you've owned. I've had Jurassic Park um, taped from a blockbuster tape. I had Jurassic Park on VHS I had a two VHS copy of Jurassic. Uh, I'm saying Jurassic Park. Why am I saying that? Jaws. Jaws. I had I had a copy of Jaws from Blockbuster that I, you know, use the two VCRs and copy it onto another tape. Um, I had 
just the Jaws uh, VHS, I think the uh, company was RCA. Universal did a 20th anniversary, or maybe it was 25th, uh, two VHS, a uh, very shiny cover of Jaws. The second VHS was The Shark Is Not Working documentary, um, which I'll get to in a second. And then I had Jaws on DVD. Then I got Jaws on Blu-ray. And then the Sons of Bitches at Universal, because of course you've always got a triple dip if you can. They did like a 25th or 30th, I believe it was a 30th anniversary edition of Jaws on Blu-ray, which had all the special features from, you know, like that special edition VHS I had. So I bought that. Then uh, finally, the 4K release just came out, which I had pre-ordered on day one. Uh, it looks phenomenal on 4K. You could tell it's a very good transfer. And uh, yeah, if they re-release it again in five years, I'll buy it again. I have Jaws Release 2. It on AK. <laughs> I have, uh, they probably will. I have Jaws 2, I have Jaws 3, and I have Jaws 4 all on DVD. I can watch all of them. Every summer, I have a Jaws marathon where I watch them all. Typically, by the time I get to 3 and 4, I'm drunk. And those are <laughs> fun to watch drunk. They're horrible, but they're fun to watch. 2 is fine. You know, it's an okay movie. Um, and you know, as I got older, I started wanting to make movies. You know, I didn't just love watching them. I wanted to make movies. And one of the things that did that for me was watching that VHS of, uh, the shark is not working. I actually, I think it's called the shark is working. Um, because it's this like two hour documentary about how hard it was to get, have to make jaws. And you look at filmmakers like Francis Ford Coppola, who made, uh, you know, The Godfather and uh, Apocalypse Now. And you can see a lot of mistakes in in that in those movies that, you know, they're great movies. They're they're historic. They're historically like relevant movies. But there's a lot of like mistakes that are almost lazy. And, you know, he would chalk it up or, or fans of his chalk it up to. Well, yeah, but production was so tumultuous on these, you know, like on 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 uh, Apocalypse Now on Godfather you know, like they were very, very stressful shoots. And then I look at that and I'm like, yeah, but Steven Spielberg had like, if you watch this documentary, he had an extremely stressful shoot too. Mm -hmm. And it's literally one of the most perfect movies I think I've ever watched. You don't see those glaring mistakes like you would in a Francis Ford Coppola movie. I'm not saying that means he sucks and Spielberg is great, but you know what I mean? This, I mean, Spielberg was 27 when he made Jaws. I'm 31. He, he was four years younger than me. I will never do something as amazing as Jaws, you know? Um, so yeah, that uh, hands down that e even if I had to put these on a list of like one, two, three, I think Titanic and Jaws will always be kind of tied for that top spot. Definitely. Uh, there's a good, yep, I'm, I'm muted. I'm unmuted. There's a good uh, podcast uh, series that goes along with Jaws. Uh, Wondry's Inside Jaws. Yeah, I haven't I haven't listened to it, um, but do, I'm familiar. Do yourself a favor, do listen to it. It there's a lot of it's a lot of history uh, with Steven Spielberg, uh, Alfred Hitchcock, uh, George Lucas, and the history and the making of Jaws. I mean, this was this was why the term summer blockbuster. Yeah, it was the it was the very first summer blockbuster. And what's funny too is I went back and I read the book by Peter Benchley. And a lot of times, just like we talked about with Jurassic Park, a lot of times the book is better than the movie. No matter how good the movie is, it comes from a book that goes into so much more detail. And if it's written by a good writer, um, 
you're, you know, like that's what happened with me in um, Jurassic Park, where I was like, I love the movie, but I could, I just finished this book. I could literally restart it right now. Mm-hmm. Jaws is not a good book at all. Mm-hmm. I, I hated it. Um, there's like a, there's like a love affair between the chief's wife and, uh, Matt Brody, Richard Dreyfuss's character. Uh, there's a whole mob backstory that kind of explains why the mayor is like, no, we need to keep the beaches open. And while that would give more context, it was completely unnecessary, you know? Uh, and it's amazing to me that they took this book and they, even the ending, they changed the ending around radically, um, and I think uh, Peter Benchley was mad about most of it. But once you read the book, you're like, I would never want to see this made into a movie. Like, I can't even believe the producers read that book and were like, we want to option this for a movie because I, I'm glad they did. But if I had read it, I would have been like, fuck no. It's like it's going to turn into like a shark attack four on sci fi channel. Yeah. Um, so I would I would stay away from that book unless you really love Jaws and it's worth a read at least once. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Uh, and now I don't know how I can top that, but I will with my number five pick, which is a Ben Stiller directed movie. Um, it is a movie about a movie set in Vietnam and everything goes crazy. And, and also canceled influenced nowadays. a little bit by Apocalypse Now. Apocalypse Actually, now, quite a bit. Influenced by it. Um, those are the two big vietnam movies that i could think of but what i'm talking about is tropic thunder and i say would get canceled now uh because of some language some uh, robert downey jr blackface pigment augmentation hey, wait <laughs> wait hang on is it is it actually bad to say blackface no, no, no. I'm, I'm just okay, I was like, I was like, oh my god. No, no, no. I, I'm saying what it what it actually is in the movie is pigment augmentation. Okay. Um. Oh boy. Um. I hey, was with, it's not his fault. He doesn't draw character. He does. He's done the DVD I commentary. Drop, I don't drop character until I've done the DVD commentary. Have you ever watched the DVD true. commentary? Yeah. Oh my god, it's amazing. I, f- for anyone who has ever watched the movie once, I will tell them. Okay. Now go back, put on the actor's commentary, and you'll thank me later. And if you don't own it, go buy it right now and watch it. Preferably the director's cut. I actually did not like the theatrical one first time I saw it. The theatrical cuts got different music, and it's paced a little differently, but the director's cut is a lot better, has better music, and just all around way better. I love it. Robert Downey Jr., Ben Stiller, Jack Black. Um, You're missing the best. Lex Grossman. Lex Grossman. Tom Cruise, baby. Who I could tell was Tom Cruise right away. But a lot of people were like, oh, I can't. That's Tom Cruise. I couldn't see it. And I'm like, it's in his face. I think if you knew, if you knew it was him, you you know, if you went in there not knowing Tom Cruise was in it, you might figure it out. Yeah, you could see in the face, but they did great work on that. And he did a fantastic job with that. I can, yeah, he he's in uh, arm prosthetics for being having fatter hands, and boy, can that guy move when he dances! Yeah, and what's <laughs> funny too is that was at the height of the fuck Tom Cruise movement, you know, where people were kind of 
like this is before cancel culture, but he was essentially kind of canceled, you know, not canceled because yeah. he's a moneymaker, but uh, no one liked him anymore. And after that movie, people kind of shut up about him, you know, like, mm-hmm. which is so weird in such an offensive movie. Well, offensive to some people um, that a role that's like not an important role, just a funny, weird, but memorable role. And that brought him back in people's good graces, which is fascinating to me. Yeah. You, I mean, you've also got Steve Coogan, Justin Thoreau, Jay Burchell, Nick Nolte, Danny McBride, Matthew McConaughey, Bill Hader, and it. Oh, that's right. Toby McGuire is in here. <laughs> I'm trying to remember Toby McGuire and Justin Thoreau. Toby McGuire is in the. Um, the like the fake trailers? The fake trailers with uh, Robert Downey Jr. I think it's Satan's Alley. Oh, yeah, in one of the movies. Is that what Justin Theroux is in too then? Is I he in one of the... Don't, I don't remember what he's in as um, for Tropic I feel Thunder. Like, I feel like he was on the film set. I think so. Bill Hader is one of the studio, studio exec, execs and Steve Coogan is the director of Tropic Thunder. Yeah. The 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 movie that the book is based off of yeah and jason bait jason batenham's in here too i do not remember jason batenham or owen wilson i think i do owen wilson i don't remember are you are you literally listing names of people that are in it yes i'm looking i'm looking at the cast list and i'm like i don't remember these most of this most of this must have been like when they're at the emmys or the oscars yeah that could be or or maybe in one of the trailers yeah, because those those people I would remember. But yeah, but yeah you've no, kind of settled it. I might have to. I might watch that again this week, and I haven't watched it in years. And you know, uh, I was gonna say I'm gonna watch it. I was gonna watch it tonight, but Invincible and Tropic yes. Thunder. I'm, I might have to watch them at the same time. Can you do that? No. Yeah, I mean, you could yeah. technically. It'd be a waste it, of time, though. It would be, and I don't have a digital copy of Tropic Thunder yet. Yeah, and you need to watch Invincible first. I do need to watch Invincible first, and. That being said, Nick, what is your last top five? Uh, that would be Apollo 13, directed by Ron Howard. I just realized I didn't say who directed any of these. Titanic, directed by James Cameron. Shawshank Redemption, directed by Frank Darabont. Das Boot, directed by Wolfgang Peterson. Jaws, directed by Steven Spielberg. And then Apollo 13, directed by Ron Howard. Um, it was my introduction to Tom Hanks, uh, who is now like... a. I, I almost feel it's gonna sound weird. I feel like he's a father figure to me. I feel like I grew up with him. He reminds me of my dad mm-hmm. a lot. Um, and my dad got me into space at a very young age. I think I was five or six when I first saw this. Uh, you know me, Kyle, ever since then, two things I love are like um, uh, nautical stuff or you know shipwrecks or anything um, nautical. And maybe even a little more than that, anything space related. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, so you like the unknown, the blackness of space, and the blackness of the ocean. Yeah, <laughs> unexplored depths that are dangerous. Two of yeah. the jobs I've always wanted would be a deep compression diver or a astronaut, you know? Two places mm-hmm. where it's like one little mistake, you're dead. Yeah. Um, and that's not why. I'm not like, I want to die. But it's like you're seeing things that people have never seen before, you know? Um, Kevin Bacon, Bill Paxton, uh, they play the crew of Apollo 13. It's a true story. Um, I actually met the character that... Uh, um, Tom Hanks plays Commander uh, Jim Lovell. Yes, he's, yes, yeah, he's from um, he's, he's from, from Wisconsin. Wisconsin. 
Yeah, he went to St. John's Military Academy right up the road in Delavan. Um, no, Delafield. Delafield, not Delafield. Delafield. Um, and then uh, uh, Bill Paxton plays Fred Hayes and Kevin Bacon plays Jack Swigert. Uh, Gary Sinise is in it also as Ken Mattingly. These were all real people. Um, the uh, Apollo 13 mission, you know, took off. It was going to go to the moon. Um, halfway to the moon, they had an explosion in their oxygen tanks. And they basically had to find a way to get home. And the only way they could do that is literally get to the moon so they can use the gravity to slingshot around to come back to Earth. Um, they had failing life systems, they had failing um, batteries, and the entire movie is essentially them talking to uh, uh, Houston or, you know, the um, command and saying like, hey, we have this new issue. And you see these people at, um, at NASA trying to work out these insane engineering things that, that, that you wouldn't even think are possible. And... Um, it's a lot like the Martian, except true. That's what makes right. it much crazier, you know, and all three of these guys got home, you know, they made it home and, uh, they didn't get to walk on the moon. But, um, one of my favorite parts of this movie is at the end, they say that, um, it was a successful failure because although they failed to get to the moon, they, it was one of the most successful missions. They got everything right. Everyone worked as a team, hundreds of people just to bring these three guys home. Uh, I mean, when this was happening and you got to remember, this was the sixties. So like the, just the ingenuity and the, the elbow grease, these guys had these nerds, you know, like with big thick glasses and their pocket protectors or the pen protectors in their pockets and stuff. And like, these guys are the heroes. And uh, it, it is a very intense movie and it's uh, pretty accurate to what actually happened. Um, from what I understand, I've read uh, the books, uh, a couple books on it, um, one by Jim Lovell himself. And uh, the special effects are amazing mm -hmm. for the weightlessness parts in well, when they're in space. They didn't just fake it or have an actor, you know, like in a lot of movies now you'll see like you'll just have an actor like this. And he's like wow, this is crazy. I'm floating in space. Holy shit. How am I doing this? Yeah, didn't they, um, didn't they go up? They went up to, they used a plane. Yeah. Didn't they? And then they, I think they call it the vomit comet. Yes. And uh, yeah. And that's, what, a, and that's what astronauts use to uh, practice in, in near zero G. Yeah. So what they, yeah. And that's, what's crazy too, is if you watch a lot of the scenes where you see the astronaut weightless, it'll never be more than 15 seconds because what this plane was doing was flying up to a certain altitude and then just dropping literally free fall so that you get that weightlessness. Then when it got to a point, they'd have to kind of, you know, throttle it up again and go back up. So they would only have 15 seconds. If you fuck up a take, you got to wait for the plane to go back up and then drop again. I'm assuming it can only do that so many times before they're like, okay, hey, we got to take a break. Um, but you know, they didn't, they didn't fake it. They didn't use CG for that. Um, really the only CG is obviously like the, um, external shots of the craft in space of the lunar module and the, uh, command module and, um, and, the uh, the launch sequence where you see the Saturn five take off. Yeah. So other than that, it's very, very practical and, uh, great performances, great script, um, and amazing directing from Ron Howard. So Nick, are you watching the Twitch stream? Yes. 
Okay, I'm going to show you something. It's going to be it's going to be delayed, but I think you will like it. I am waiting with bated breath. Waiting for the world to change. Yes. Excellent. That's a good song too. But uh, these two patches. I'll let you know when I see them. Excellent. <laughs> wow, that is really delayed. Very delayed. Could you put your Zoom camera on? Oh, oh, look at that. These, it's not. Actually, it is a Paul 13. It is, yeah. Here, it look. is. Yeah. Oh, shit, shit. Now it's good. Can you, can you can see, see mine on I the Zoom? See. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I got one too. Nice. So I, when back in elementary school, I was really, really big into space. I did a project on the Apollo missions and everything. And then I got these patches, but I thought I had Apollo 11 patches, but Apollo 13 is even better now that we talked about this. So I think I'm actually going to give you one of these patches. Oh, what a guy. Yeah, I know. I just got to remember it for tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. it. Uh, and you know, like obviously everyone would say Apollo 11 because that was the first to go to the moon, mm -hmm. but that's first what they one. mean by successful failure. Like, it was so much more, it's almost so much more meaningful to, you know, like Apollo 13 is almost so much more meaningful because everyone thought these guys weren't coming back, you know? Yeah. And the fact that they were able to get them home is just unreal. It was, it was setting up to be one of the biggest space, uh, space program disasters um, after Apollo one. one. And to this day, as far as I'm aware, we have never lost an American astronaut in space. In space, no, but because of the Challenger, we've lost. Well, and the, uh, what was the Challenger in Columbia? Yes. I believe was the other one. Yeah. Yes. And if, if, you're, if you're interested more in like space and the Apollo missions or even the Mercury missions from the Earth to the Moon on HBO. Yes. Great it's, show. It's great. Tom Hanks, it was, it was done before Band of Brothers. It was a Steven Spielberg produced and Tom Hanks produced. Yeah. And I believe Tom Hanks directed uh, an episode or two. Yes. He directed the yeah. last episode. Yeah. That, um, that show is fucking phenomenal. It's... And also um, I would also recommend if you're into anything like that, the right stuff, which is about the Mercury missions, uh, Mercury and Gemini, I believe okay. um, there is a Disney plus show. I've not watched it from what I hear it's not that good it's very they've disneyified it quite a bit from mm -hmm. actual events so i refuse to watch it um and first man with ryan gosling okay because uh, that's a phenomenal plays, uh neil armstrong. neil armstrong neil armstrong yeah and it is it is a very good very intense movie um uh, but if you really want like the like the i'm sorry if you really want like the the nitty-gritty like the real facts uh, like you said, from the earth to the moon is definitely the way to go. Yeah, I remember when that premiered on HBO, my dad and I watched it. We got the, we didn't, we weren't able to get the DVD box set or the VHS when it came out, but I know you have it. And yeah, it recently came out on Blu-ray and I'm like, I'm grabbing that right away. I don't care. I love that. I'm thinking about rebuying it. My dad actually has the original dvd box set which is the very fancy one with like you know the the it's, batman it's got collection a picture of like it's got a picture of the moon no it's got a picture of 
like the earth but it's like the yeah it's like that that effect where you can oh it's the moon it's the earth Mm -hmm. yeah um he has that one so i'm sure that's worth a pretty penny i just have like the simple plastic shell case oh excuse me it's like the plastic shell case one but i'm i'm thinking about upgrading to blu-ray too yeah it's i would it also comes with a digital copy so you can watch it wherever you are i'm always at home so i don't need it there you go uh, also <laughs> real quick uh for all mankind i haven't finished the first season uh, but it's an alternate take on the space program and it's basically if the russians went went to the moon first yeah what's isn't that on it's apple? on apple it's on apple plus it's directed by ronald moore who did ds9 uh next gen and battlestar galactica okay yeah i never was super interested in that just because i was like no i like it the way it actually Mm -hmm. was but it's a great it's a great alternate universe okay story kind of like man in the high castle yes i haven't watched that yet i haven't either but i know that it's kind of like like if the if the nazis had won yeah so but cool uh, nick we have reached the end of our of our show yes sir we sure have yeah but uh I do hope everyone has a good night. Uh, we will be back on Monday. Uh, if you're listening to this uh, in the future, uh, you might have another episode already. But we will be back Monday on Twitch. We will be reviewing Godzilla versus Kong and anything else that goes along with that. We're so, taking our bets now. We're saying Kong or Godzilla. Godzilla. Hopefully. Yep. Yep. Uh, so, Nick, say goodbye to the people. Goodbye to the people. Goodbye, people. Uh, also, actually, before we say goodbye, uh, you can fo- you can find our podcast, uh, the audio version, wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, you can follow uh, Nick or myself on Twitter uh, at Kyle Krause eighty nine or at Nick Sherifinsky. Uh, you can follow me on Twitch if you're not following if you're not watching this on Twitch. Uh, you can follow me twitch.tv slash kkrause89 and you can also follow nick on twitch at nick gws i will be streaming outriders all night tonight very good uh now nick say goodbye to the people again and let us goodbye to the people again excellent goodbye everyone